Hello, folks. Uh, I, I know we've been gone for quite some time, and um, I just kind of wanted to do a little <clears throat> kind of disclaimer before this episode starts because uh, uh, I recorded this episode, uh, I don't know, probably a day or so before my father passed. Uh, many of you may know that my father had been battling cancer, and uh, he passed on August 11th. So it's been a, a trying time for my family. Uh, and myself, but um, I, I, you know, even though I, re so I re basically recorded this before he had passed. So there's probably some things that I say, uh, maybe about my situation with what I'm going through with his health or whatever, uh, that won't make sense in this podcast uh, in retrospect, I guess. But uh, um, I just wanted to kind of put a disclaimer out there saying that this was recorded uh, literally probably less than a day before he passed, and that's why it's been so delayed to be put out. And so anything I may say about him, uh, that's kind of... Um uh, that that has what that's what has happened uh, since I recorded this episode. Uh, I just want to give a huge thanks to everyone in the community that has reached out and uh, offered support. It's been amazing, uh, just the the love and support and the condolences that I've received from uh, the film community has been just really unbelievable. Uh, in fact, uh, just just in the last couple of days, I received a, a postcard from uh, Billy Sanford, who you're going to hear from on this podcast episode, and uh, and then today I even received a. Um, a nice uh, condolences card from uh, from uh, uh, David Mahali, the old camera guy, which if you need to be checking him out on YouTube, David Mahali, a fine uh, member of this community. And uh, there's too many people to thank for reaching out. Um, uh, just so much uh, uh, outpouring of just love and support and advice and uh, all sorts of things. And I just can't thank everybody enough. And also... Uh, I just want to give another shout out to uh, to uh, everyone deserves a shout out that has uh, been just so great uh, towards me uh, uh, to help me through this. Uh, but also particularly, I want to uh, give a huge thanks to Mr. Robert Lanez and his son Harrison, who um, have uh, sent me a, a really nice message uh, and some prayers. And uh, Robert, uh, man, I love you, brother. And uh, thank you so much. You were um, just uh uh, a great friend during all this, and I haven't, I've never even actually got to meet you face to face, and uh, I hope that happens one day because uh, I want to want to give you a big hug, man, because uh, you were uh, just just really helped me. But uh, anyway, that's enough of this. Uh, I don't want to start getting <laughs> emotional again, but uh, but thanks everyone. Uh, Again, my father passed on August 11th, and uh, I'm going to put this uh, episode that I recorded uh, uh, literally like a day before that uh, up right now, and then we'll be back in two weeks, uh, and I think we're just going to probably just kind of get together with the host. It's supposed to be a roundtable episode, but I think we'll just do a, a host episode and skip the roundtable for this time because it's been a long time since we've been able to catch up with uh, Andre and Roxana and Jess on a, on a podcast episode, but uh, I've been communicating with them a lot during uh, this time, but uh, not, I haven't, ha haven't had a chance to do a podcast with them in a while, so I think that'll be what we'll do in two weeks from now. But uh, anyway, uh, thanks everyone, and enjoy this episode, and hey, uh, everybody stay positive and shoot some cool film photos. Hello and welcome to the Negative Pauses Podcast, episode 369. I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave here in Louisville, Kentucky. And this was supposed to be a show with all the hosts. Uh, I gotta be honest, we I really wasn't even going to do a show this week. Uh, I have, 
I've been dealing with a sort of end of life situation with my father who is battling uh, a very aggressive advanced uh, cancer. And so I, I really don't know how much time we have left with him. So uh, I don't really know. Uh, how, shows may be more sporadic uh, in the next couple of weeks, depending on uh, my father's health and what I'm dealing with there. Uh, but I decided that I needed to get a show out this week uh, to kind of, uh, because I don't know when, when I'll be able to do another show. And I have like a solo show interview that's actually about an hour long. So I thought, well, I'll just pop that up as sort of a placeholder until we can kind of all convene as a, as, as a whole gang and have a, an actual, uh, the whole host kind of podcast episode. Uh, so uh, anybody that has reached out to me that knows uh, what I'm dealing with, uh, I certainly appreciate it. Uh, I felt like a huge hug from the film community. Uh, during this uh, really, really hard time that uh, I've been going through, and uh, I just, it's really appreciated. But uh, and I just, I, I can't thank you guys enough. It's been, it's been, it's really has has helped. And every little message I've received, and I, I just thank you all from the bottom of my heart to uh, kind of help me through a really difficult time. Um, I did get to uh, take the family vacation last week in Florida. Uh, it was a very uh, uh, kind of scary to take a week vacation when uh, you have a loved one that is uh, fighting such a serious illness. Uh, but we decided uh, to go ahead and, and take this break and recharge the batteries. And I did get some photography done, but that's all stuff I can talk about when we get all the hosts back on and have a uh, catch up with uh, all the, uh, the the co-captains of this podcast. Uh, uh, but uh, just got back uh, a couple of days ago. Um, I would like to say I'm tan, rested and ready. I'm probably more sunburned, rested and ready. <laughs> but just what happens when a, a night shift person gets out in the sun for a <laughs> a long period of time uh but so anyway uh, all that said i'm going to go ahead and uh the purpose of the show was to get out this solo show interview that's about an hour long but i thought if i'm going to do that then it makes sense to also get out a, a bunch of the listener interaction that i haven't got to uh because it's you know some, some of the stuff's kind of piling up on me so i'll just make this a solo show listener interaction show as well and kind of knock out some things so that when we get all the uh, co-captains back on an episode that uh, we'll have a little more time to uh, talk uh, catch up with each other so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get to, to uh, some emails first uh, the first one comes from let's see uh, Mark Bradshaw uh, he says greetings all uh, there was uh, some conversation after Bill Smith's review of the F2 about storing a camera with a cocked shutter this is poor practice with any camera but especially so with a camera with a cloth shutter over time, the cloth shutter will develop pinholes. However, any mechanical shutter, whether metal or cloth, is essentially a spring-loaded device. When the shutter is cocked, it is under stress, exerted by the spring, the spring tension until it is fired. The tension is then released through the gears in the shutter mechanism. So if you think about it this way, the no-stress condition for the camera is in the non-cocked condition. Another thing to consider is the lens. The aperture diaphragm is another spring-loaded device. If you leave a lens mounted on the camera with a cocked shutter, the diaphragm is held open for brightest viewing. Therefore, even if you adjust the aperture setting all the way down, the camera body will still hold it all the way open until the shutter is cocked. Uh, open if the shutter is cocked. Uh, when the shutter is fired, the lens will stop down to the selected aperture setting. When that spring starts to fatigue, the diaphragm will be sluggish to stop down when you make an exposure. The best practice is either to remove the lens from the camera body and stop it all the way down, thereby, thereby removing all the stress from the diaphragm spring, 
or if left on the camera, stop it all the way down and ensure the shutter has been fired. Andre mentioned storing Mamiya, Mama Mamiya RB67 lenses with the shutter uh, tripped. This is correct. Those lenses should also be stopped all the way down for the same reason discussed previously. Additionally, concerning the RB67 body, there is a spring which provides the tension to pull the mirror and the light baffle up and out of the light path whenever an exposure is made. When this spring is fatigued, the mirror baffle assembly may become sluggish or remain partially in the light path, obscuring a part of the exposure. Therefore, it is best practice is the best practice is to trip the shutter release on the camera body, allowing the mirror baffle assembly to stow up in the top of the body, returning that spring to a resting condition. I own and and use in rotation three Mamiya RB67 Pro S bodies, most of the lenses in that system, as well as a few film backs. I also own and use numerous Nikon cameras, ranging from a Nikromat FTN to the F3HP. I've been shooting on and off uh, since 1976. I've managed to accumulate this gear over a lot of years. All of it was purchased, purchased used. I could, ne I never could afford this stuff as new. Anyway, sorry for such a lengthy email. I just thought I would pass on a bit of knowledge I picked up along the years. Y'all take care and have fun shooting. Yours, Mark Bradshaw. And Mark uh, is on Instagram. is <laughs> one of my favorite Instagram handles. Odus, like O-L-D-U-S, Odus underscore Farticus. <laughs> underscore oldest underscore farticus <laughs> underscore <laughs> that is o-l-d-u-s f-a-r-t-i-c-u-s uh oldest underscore farticus on instagram uh, well thank you mark i reached out to him because uh, i was supposed to read this email on the last time i did a solo show and somehow i forgot to do it Men uh, mentioned to him that i forgot to do it and i was going to get it on the next episode so i'm finally getting to it uh, so he responded again he says no problem at all mike i listened to the responses to the question of what will happen to our photographic materials after we die since i'm somewhat closer to the ultimate demise due to age and failing failing health than you or perhaps many of your listeners i've had this subject in mind recently Firstly, I consider any, any images that are solely digital to be totally disposable. I have watched over time the nearly constant changes in storage media. For example, files on floppy disks from only 20 years ago are for all intents and purposes lost. You would have to migrate everything to the next and newest medium constantly. The best way around this dilemma is to make prints and store them in boxes as you, as you suggested. But anything that doesn't get converted into a physical and human readable form will vanish. In my case, the only stuff that I believe might be worthy of preservation are the shots I've made of buildings and locales. Some of these have been destroyed and others I made during their construction. These would be valuable to see how things were built as well as how a location has changed over time. You should always try to shoot around your hometown, not for artistic purposes, but to record things as they are at the moment. Seen 30, 40, or 100 years hence, such images can be very useful to historians. I always... Uh, almost always shot uh, slides up until recently. I'm thankful for that now because it makes it easier to determine what the picture is. I'm sorting all the historical historical stuff I've shot into an archive all of its own. Since I have no descendants, I intend to arrange for this archive to be given to a local historical society. If they want to look at more artsy stuff, they're welcome to it. I'll be past caring at that point. Sorry for the long email. Yours, Mark Bradshaw. Again, Otis... <laughs> <laughs> underscore fartigus underscore well very good points mark and uh thank you for the email and your thoughts on this uh 
Uh, as far as like, yeah, now, now, now I have a new phobia about uh, leaving uh, cameras cocked and what aperture I leave them on <laughs> when I put them away for storage because I tend to be spotty with my photography and cameras tend to go in back in bags with a half roll of film shot in them for months at a time probably cocked and who knows on what aperture so uh really good points something i'll have to kind of like try to stay aware of uh in the future as i um just put cameras in storage for a couple months at a time and uh your thoughts on the the legacy of our photography uh, i've always thought that like you know i have uh, there's a there's a facebook page uh that's kind of like old pictures of like my particular area that i grew up in and uh, you know none of this is like fantastic photography but to see like uh, there's always posts from the 70s and 80s of all these businesses in the area that I grew up in here in Louisville uh, and when I see those I like it brings back uh, great memories of these places that no longer exist and uh, you know the photography doesn't even have to be fantastic I'm not saying it isn't but like uh, just seeing these places I'm like wow I remember that and like it's such a part of my childhood or whatever and uh, so there is there's real value to that so there's some things that seem mundane to us now certainly won't be 10 20 30 years from now as things constantly seem to evolve right so uh but thank you mark so much for your thoughts on these things uh let's see what else do i have in the email the email bank here um let's see went through my email here paul mckay paul mckay from uh analog wonderland reached out to uh, uh some people in the film community he has a a, a big announcement so uh i'm gonna he basically analog wonderland is starting a lab it's going to be analog wonder lab huh what what see see what he did there and uh so he sent this little press release here uh i'm going to read it it's it's a little lengthy but i think uh, it deserves to be uh given some attention here uh says analog wonderland had can announce that they are, are are building a full mini lab within their new premises at high uh was it wickham Hi, Wickham. <laughs> I hope I pronounced it right. Ready to launch to the film photography community in early September. This is the birth of the Analog Wonder Lab. Our goal at the Analog Wonder uh, La Wonderland is, has always been to make film photography fun and accessible for everyone. At present, the lack—I'm sorry—the uh, the lack of independent mini lab in the Oxford, Buckinghamshire, Buckinghamshire, English, those 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 England Englanders. <laughs> area is a severe hindrance to making film accessible to local shooters not everyone wants to venture into london with their films or trust the postal systems with their precious ne precious negatives and we hope that a local and reliable developing service will be welcomed as a solution to both these concerns at the same time can you develop my film is probably one of the most asked customer queries on our live chat and emails so making it super simple for folks to develop their film with the same company that they bought it from seems to be an easy way to smooth the process and keep people shooting film although this makes absolute sense on paper the reality is that paul and mary have zero commercial lab experience between them so they needed a superhero and that superhero drafted in to make the dream a reality is the highly skilled marina lopez she will be joining us uh, from the start of august to help us build the processes train the team and plan the equipment flow for uh, to create an exceptional service for the entire uk film community the analog wonder lab you may recognize Marina from her work uh, as If We Film. Uh, I will have the links in the show notes, by the way, on this. Uh, I know she is on Instagram as If We Film, I-F-W-E-F-I-L-M. Marina started her photography career in Japan, studying at the Nagoya Visual Arts School and then uh, working at 
uh, so Eno Media Pro, a commercial studio and lab in Tokyo, uh, before doing stints in Mallorca and Bristol in different photography labs. With all this under her belt, she brings more than seven years of specialist skills and experience to the AW family. She's also a passionate film photographer and tutor, which fits perfectly with our team at Analog Wonderland, and she will be available throughout the project to help our customers learn more about the secrets behind film developing, scanning, and printing. Because Marina has worked in so many different labs across the world, she has been able to identify some common themes of what can often be improved, and there are three specific important areas that she wants the Analog Wonder Lab to excel in. Number one, sustainability. We will make the analog process as environmentally friendly as possible from start to finish so that people know that the impact of their hobby on the wider world has been absolutely minimized. Number two, organization. We want the Wonder Lab to be the most efficient mini lab in the world, eradicating process and logistical mistakes from the system so that folks can entrust us with their special memories with 100% confidence. Number three, community. We want to cultivate a hub of film photography for our uh, local film photographers and blur the lines between commercial and home development so that anyone can choose seamlessly between processing at home or dropping their films at our door. There are many strands to the work that need to happen before we open the doors of Wonder Lab in September. Equipment, people, website, logistics, and more. But we wanted to share the initial thinking and vision with the people who have supported Analog Wonderland for so long. We would also love any early feedback or thoughts on what we're trying to achieve and what you want to see from the Wonder Lab. Please drop Marina a line on her brand new email address, marina at analogwonderland.co.uk or comment below. Uh, you can follow along with the project for all the highs and lows on Instagram via Analog Wonderland or If We Film. Thank you so much for your support and happy shooting, Paul. Well, thank you, Paul McKay, for this, uh, this little press release. Um, Wow, Analog Wonderland starting Analog Wonder Lab. So I mean, this is a this is a um, uh, it's a, it's a good development, particularly for UK shooters. And um, uh, to have another any any time a new lab is starting, uh, and uh, I think it's a good thing. And like, Paul's already done so much amazing stuff with uh, you know providing a, a great place to buy film. Now you can get it processed through him. I think it's, it is a next logical step for them, and I think it's a it's a great step. So. Uh, a big congrats to them and uh, best wishes on their new endeavor and hopefully uh, just uh, hope it all just goes uh, swimmingly well and I'm sure it will because he has a uh, some top people helping him out with that so okay uh, another email here comes from Mr. John Gleason he is a fellow Louisvillian and uh, a big on pinhole shooting he was on an episode uh, quite some time ago and uh <laughs> one of my favorite episodes because uh well uh, you should just listen to it you'll know why <laughs> if you remember uh but uh he is starting a pinhole conference uh he's going to do a pinhole conference in 20 the pinhole conference 2021 here in louisville kentucky uh it's basically says um the conference proposal pinhole photography has been around since the origin of photography by definition it is a lensless camera that uh, projects an image on the back of a camera uh, which is recorded by film or light sensitive paper these cameras come in many shapes and sizes from the utilitarian box to the bazaar on september 18th 2021 there will be a pinhole photography conference in louisville that's my hometown folks louisville kentucky this conference will focus on the history of pinhole photography how it is performed and finish with a demonstration on how to create and use your own pinhole camera the lecturer will be john gleason jr aka probus he is probus on instagram p-r-o-b-u-s 
on Instagram, uh, who is passionate about film photography and is excited to share his experiences with you. After the conference, each participant will receive a shoebox camera to try their newfound skills on a one to two hour photo walk in the beautiful, ever-changing falls of the, of the Ohio State Park. Uh, processing uh, of shoebox images will be performed by John Gleason and returned to the participants via the U.S. mail. Images will also be scanned and posted on the Facebook group, Louisville Worldwide Pinhole Day. That is a Facebook group that you can join, Louisville Worldwide Pinhole Day. This opportunity is limited to 20 individuals uh, ages 12 and up. Fees for this conference and photo walk will be $10. That's only $10, folks, which will include mailing, supplies, and parking fees. Participants are invited to bring their imagination, cameras if they have one, drink, snacks, and a good pair of walking shoes for the photo walk. Coupons for film and processing will be provided by State Lab Film Labs, State, I'm sorry, State Film Labs in Louisville at the door. Uh, yeah, there's a, a good lab here in Louisville called State Film Labs, and uh, they, apparently they do great work. So, uh, this event is scheduled September 18th, 2021. Participants will meet at the office of Sturm, Paletti, and Peter. Uh, on 713 East Market Street in Louisville, Kentucky at 9 a.m. for the conference, then drive over to the Falls of the Ohio Interpretive Park at uh, Riverside Drive in Clarksville, Indiana. It's right across the river here from Louisville, by the way, around 11 o'clock for the photo walk. Signups for this event will be through email at uh, this is where you would email to sign up for this. If you can get to Louisville, Kentucky on, uh, what is it, September um, 18th, and you want to do this uh, pinhole photo walk, uh, with, in this pinhole conference with Mr. John Gleason, you just email him at J G L E A S Jr. Uh, J R at gmail.com. J G L E A S J R at gmail.com. I'll have that in the show notes as well. Fees for the conference will be collected at the door. Well, thank you, John Gleason, for, for doing this. It's super exciting to see something happening here in my town. Uh, I, uh, I I plan to attend this. I hope to attend this. Uh, it, it all really depends on uh, you know um, uh, what I'm dealing with uh, with my father's health and where we're at with that. But uh, certainly something I would love to join. Um, you can see um, uh, John Gleason uh, at uh, on Instagram at uh, let's see what is it? It's uh, I believe it's Probus uh, P R O B U S on uh, Instagram. Uh, again, you can email to get uh, information on this or to sign up at, um, let's see, jgleasjr at gmail.com. And uh, let's see, I think that's pretty much it. I think he has a website too, probusphotos.com. So uh, thank you, John, for letting us know about that. And uh, hopefully I can uh, attend that as well since it's something going on in my own town. So very, very cool. Okay, uh, do I have any more emails? I don't have any more emails. I did have an Instagram message to the negative positives uh, account on Instagram. And this comes from uh, Lucy underscore Lumen. Lucy underscore L-U-M-E-N. L-U-Y-C-Y. <laughs> Shoot, I'm, I'm messing up. My... L-U-C-Y underscore Lumen. L-U-M-E-N. And she says, hey, really enjoyed the Jamie interview and the new structure of just getting stuck into the guest. She is speaking of the episode with uh, Mr. Jamie Maldonado. Um, and she says, also enjoyed your True Widow mention there. One of my favorite bands and weirdly were the only thing that would calm and put my newborn to sleep. <laughs> Must have been used to it from the womb. Awesome episode. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you, Lucy, for your uh, your thoughts on our new format with kind of with guests, uh, kind of dedicating the entire episode to them. And 
and uh, yeah, True Widow. Uh, I, I love that band. I mentioned that in that episode. We were talking about Texas bands, Texas, and uh, that was one of the bands I brought up. Uh, it, it, that that it, his her newborn is gonna be uh, uh, probably pretty awesome if 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 they uh, like True Widow. So <laughs> very cool. So okay, uh, thanks for reaching out, uh, Lucy. And uh, yeah, it's very cool to find somebody else that likes a, a really cool band. So uh, okay. What else do I have here? Um, let's see. Uh, speaking of Jamie Maldonado, uh, he, uh, not long after he appeared, like, like a day or two after he appeared on our, our podcast, he put out a new YouTube, uh, um, uh, a new video to his YouTube. And this is a, a Polaroid film shoot. And uh, it's the, title of the, uh, the title of the video is New Polaroid 600 plus XX70 Film is Rad. New Polaroid 600 and SX70 film is rad on Jamie Maldonado's YouTube uh, channel. Uh, I'll have the link in the show notes. Uh, and he actually gave uh, negative positives a prop on that on that video. I certainly appreciate that, Jamie. Uh, we certainly enjoyed having you on. It was, a, it was a blast talking with you. And man, he really uh, got some great results out of, out of Polaroid film. I shot some Polaroid film in Florida. Uh, for the first time in a long time, I shot some Polaroids, and I had about a 50%, I think I shot like, I don't know, three packs, I had about a 50% success rate, and a 50% was really horrid. Now, granted, none of this Polaroid film was the newest batch, uh, it's been, Polaroid film has been in my refrigerator for a year, year or two, so maybe I shouldn't have expected more than a 50% success rate, but, but Jamie got some great results in this video, and uh, he also uh, used uh, some of my music, which uh, makes me happy, and anytime somebody uses some of my music in the background of their YouTube videos, I'm going to promote it here, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm selfish that way, right? So, but uh, thank you, Jamie, for uh, using my music and, uh, and for the great uh, YouTube video, and, and wow, your, your results with the new, uh, the latest batch of Polaroid film is uh, definitely giving me, uh, it, it's actually why I took Polaroid film to Florida. I wanted to, like, it got me inspired to do that. Uh, unfortunately, I had about a 50% success rate where it looked like you had way better success. So maybe this new Polaroid film is, is really coming around. So uh, very, very cool. Okay, uh, what else here? I think, uh, okay, I need to mention uh, I got something in the mail. <laughs> and uh, uh, Mr. Mario Piper from the Gen X Photography Podcast sent me this. I get this little box in the mail, and and I open up the box, and on the box, in the inside flaps of the box, it says, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, "For all you do for the film community, this jelly ain't too spicy, but hopefully it'll suffice." Well, in this box was a a jar of uh, uh, <laughs> some some uh, blackberry habanero jam, some jelly. And uh, he says it's not too spicy, so I, I you know, I popped open the the jar of uh, this blackberry habanero jam. I love I love the spicy food. Mario and I have talked about uh, on various occasions how much we like spicy food. So you know, he says it's not too spicy, but hopefully it'll suffice. So I, I, I you know, I toasted up some bread, I put it in the toaster, and, and I, you know, I slathered on a good, a pretty healthy portion of this blackberry. Uh, <laughs> habanero spread and uh whoo um it uh, it was pretty spicy <laughs> so kind of lit me up pretty well so uh, i think i got a little little i got a little cocky because he said it's not too spicy but it's pretty spicy <laughs> but it was, it's delicious uh so yeah been thoroughly enjoying the 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 blackberry uh habanero uh, jelly spread <laughs> so anyway uh on another flap of this box it says stay positive and shoot some cool film photos but then there's another flap that says, be jelly no more. Well, what does that mean? Well, he sent me jelly, but 
along with a jar of this awesome habanero raz uh, blackberry jelly, uh, <laughs> there was a row of turquoise, uh, Lomo Lomography, Lomochrome turquoise film. The rare, uh, very sought after, hard to find, hasn't been made in years. We're all wanting them to bring it back. But Mario so graciously had sent Roxana a row. I mentioned being jealous about that or jelly about that see see where he went and then he sends me a row of uh of lomochrome turquoise i couldn't i could not believe it mario that was uh way i know you you were searching for this film and finally found some and bought a batch of it and to uh send me a roll of it was uh way beyond what you needed to do and uh you didn't need to do anything but like uh just blew me away like i know that film's hard to come by and i know you you, know, you search high and long for it and you finally found some and you gave a roll of it to me and that just blows me away so uh mario piper huge thanks uh for not only the uh uh the the the, <laughs> the, the habanero jelly uh but uh you know uh just for that lomo chrome uh turquoise wow i cannot wait to shoot that i've always something i've always wanted to shoot and finally get my chance to do it thanks to mario piper of the gen x photography podcast uh which you should be listening to he had uh roxana angles on as a guest recently so uh you should check that out uh check out his podcast he does a great job thank you mario you're awesome okay um next up i think we're going to do a uh you know we've been taking call-ins for uh legacy your photographic legacy which is something that uh, mark bradshaw mentioned in his uh his email uh i did get uh an uh, a call-in about a photographic legacy, and this comes from uh, Billy Sanford. So let's check out what Billy Sanford has to say about uh, his photographic legacy. So kind of a common theme we've been discussing here on the podcast recently. Hello, good people of the Negative Positives community. This is Billy Sanford, B. Sanford Jr., most places, uh, calling in to talk about photographic legacy. Um, really appreciated hearing what Mario and Mike Williams and Malcolm had to say on the subject and, and certainly interested to hear what other people's thoughts are. I don't have a whole lot to add. I would say, you know, as a family, we've kind of gone the traditional routes of getting anywhere from, you know, drugstore prints, uh, four by sixes stuffed in a photo album to doing you know, photo books online through the, you know, Shutterfly or Snapflip, Snapfish or, or whatever. And uh, more recently, as I've started learning to darkroom print, uh, making some prints that way. So, you know, if I'm being honest, those are the things that I expect to uh, persist after I'm gone. Uh, I would imagine the hard drives and the negatives and all of that stuff probably will not um, make it very long <laughs> after I'm gone. Um, you know, it's sort of the worst combination of me being the type of person who doesn't like to, you know, come up with work for other people to do, especially people I care about, and and my wife and son not really being uh, sentimental in that sense that a lot of people are. Um, I did have a couple of thoughts though. Uh, first tips for people that may be um, considering tackling some sort of project along these lines and, and this 
sort of goes along with uh, what Mario and Mike and Malcolm all mentioned. There was, it seemed to me, this theme running through that you need to, you know, call down your collection. Um, and so this is sort of a thing in two parts. The first part is, it seems to me like, and and I'm speaking mostly of myself here, but I'm not a great curator of my own work, and I suspect it's a thing that many of us struggle with. So I think probably the best thing to do um, if, if you do struggle with that sort of thing is to, is to find somebody who you trust and whose photographic style you respect that you think has a good eye for that sort of thing and, you know, beg, borrow, steal, or pay them to, <laughs> um, you know, do some curating for you, give them, you know, whatever, just a hundred pictures and tell them to pick the best five or, 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 you know, whatever the numbers work out to be. I don't know. Um, and, and, you know, most of us have more than a hundred pictures. So I'm, I'm, breaking this off into chunks but just as a way to to start that calling process to get it down to a manageable size um and part b of this is to also consult with the actual people that will be left with this stuff after the fact your significant other and or children um you know, why not engage with them prior to that day coming and say, hey, here's a bunch of pictures. What what do you like? Uh, what are good memories for you that you want to hold on to um, and and be able to pass down to your children if, if that is the ultimate goal? Um, you know, start that process talking to them now uh, seems like a good approach to me. Um... And, and lastly, since I started on sort of a little bit of a, a negative note in, in not being very optimistic that my stuff is going to survive long after me, um, I did want to throw in a more positive note and, and end on that, which is, you know, I, I know this isn't really the spirit of the question, um, but it is a more positive way of looking at it and and it is really how I feel about it. I mean, my people know me as the photographer, you know, vacations, holidays, birthday parties, sporting events, you know, whatever the case may be, I'm always the guy that's there with the camera. And as much as the pictures themselves, I hope that the legacy I'm leaving behind is that, you know, the people I care about know that you know, when they've seen me throughout their life being there with a camera, it's because they're important to me, and, and those were moments that I wanted to capture and preserve, and, you know, even if I didn't get a single picture out of it, those are those are the things that were important, and I hope that that is the legacy that I've left behind with them. So that's kind of my little bit of a take on on photographic legacy without trying to cover the same material that Mario and Mike and Malcolm covered. Uh, I would like to hear what everybody else thinks and, and especially some of the female members of the community would really be interested to hear your thoughts as well. 
But I hope everyone is well and take care. Bye. Well, thank you so much, uh, Billy Sanford, for uh, your call-in camera, oh, not camera view, call-in review, call-in, I guess, about photographic legacy. It's something we've been talking about on this show quite a bit. And like uh, like Billy, I would love to see uh, what some of the uh, uh, women uh, photographers in the community uh, think about the whole photographic legacy and what they think will happen to their photos uh, once they leave this planet. Uh, uh, so yeah, good, good, good call out there, Billy. Uh, Bill, I will say this also, Billy was on a recent episode of Sunny 16 Presents On Location. Uh, it's called, the episode's called The Goldilocks Negative. So check out uh, the Sunny 16 Presents feed uh, from our friends of Sunny 16 Podcast. Uh, the Sunny 16 Presents On Location, The Goldilocks Negative that Billy Sanford uh, sent to them. Uh, great, great, uh, episode i highly recommend checking that out uh but again thanks billy um i uh it's funny i I went to the uh hospital one day uh, a couple days before i left for florida and my aunt had been there and she left my dad a polaroid taken in 1980 and uh, so i would have been like nine years old of course showing my age by saying that but um and i'd never seen this polaroid before uh it was a photograph of me and my aunt standing behind my dad well, my dad is sitting at a, a at like a, a table and i've never seen this photograph and it's it's wonderful i, I just i just uh i just it really moved me and so i, I took the photo uh, the polaroid and grabbed my phone and took a shot of it with my phone just so i would have a copy of it for myself uh, but the amazing thing was like this Polaroid's 40 years old, over 40 years old and has really held up. So a real testament for, to how well that Polaroid film held up back then. So, uh, I only hope that, uh, the new Polaroid films or the new instant films in general will hold up that well. Uh, I, I kind of doubt they will, but man, uh, it just to, to see something, to see a photograph you've never seen before of your childhood, uh, especially one, uh, that, uh, really hit home right now uh, with uh, you know my dad much younger and uh, uh, just man it just really it was really uh, really moving and uh, just brings me back to the point that you know we all make so many times it's just how important these photographs of loved ones are and uh, just just document your loved ones man that it's so important and when you you know you may or may not have been in a situation that I'm in now I'm sure many of you have. But when you start seeing these things, you realize like uh, it, how just how important these things are and how much they'll mean to you one day. And uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, take take photographs of your loved ones. I think that's the the main thing. Uh, who cares about your artsy farsy shots? It doesn't matter. Like the main thing is documenting your life and the people you love. And because those shots are just going to mean something to somebody. Uh, in a big way, uh, especially during really hard times. So, okay, uh, before I get emotional here, I'm gonna move move on. Oh, we got a bug getting zapped. Bug getting zapped on the bug zapper. So, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So next up, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little break. After the break, I'm gonna insert this interview with Henry. Man, that is a big bug. That thing is just still still getting zapped. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, from Henry from the Tells from the Magic Box podcast. If you're not checking out his podcast, you certainly should. Uh, he kind of takes you on a photo shoot uh, with him, a little photo walk. Tells you what he's thinking, why he's shooting these things, his process of shooting these scenes, and paints a picture for you. And then at the end of the podcast, kind of tells you 
about his results and whether they were good or bad. Uh, so if you haven't checked out Tells from the Magic Box podcast, absolutely do so. Uh, and, and, I mean, just run to it and check it out. Uh, so right after this uh, this little break here, I'm going to have my interview with Henry from the Tells from the Magic Box podcast. Had a great time talking with him. We actually stayed pretty mature in this in this interview, which surprised me. I thought we would get a little more immature, but we we, we kept it kept it pretty professional because we are professional podcasters. So. <laughs> All right, so we'll take a break, and after this, we'll have uh, my interview with Henry from the Tells from the Magic Box podcast. So uh, we'll be right back, folks. folks we are back from the break and you know it's been a while since i've done one of these uh i kind of i went through a phase i think it was man maybe maybe it was during covid last year when we were actually when like i was actually like i had like i don't know six weeks off from the factory during the ice this serious isolation period where i, I did a lot of solo show interviews and the cool thing that it allows me with my schedule with uh with these type of interviews is i can actually talk to people uh that aren't on my time zone or even close to my time zone because I, i'm a night out and you know some of our people across the pond or they get up early in the morning they're they're actually responsible human beings so uh uh i can actually like just stay up late and catch them early in the morning and get some of these little just interview people that can't normally be on the show at the time we normally record so uh, I, I wanted to take this opportunity someone i should have had on the show uh really a long time ago but uh it's none other than henry from tells from the magic box podcast henry how you doing tonight i'm doing quite well it's that morning for me though <laughs> yes, that's right. I did say tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I guess technically it's morning for me too. It is almost three a.m. Uh, but you know, I, I'm a night owl, so I, I can't. I never know what day it is. But uh, uh, so uh, Henry has been doing. Uh, how long have you been doing Tells from the Magic Box? It's been at least uh, what a year or so. Uh, well, I put the first episodes out in summer 2019, and then okay. left it ages and came back right at the start in January. Um, okay. Yeah. I think it had been out a little bit before I discovered it. I think it yeah. was, uh, as a matter of fact, I think it was Neil Piper that uh, pointed it out, and then uh, then I went and checked it out. But uh, and been listening ever since. But uh, uh, before we get into the podcast and 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 get the people just excited about checking it out, uh, let's let's learn a little bit about about Henry the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, Henry, how, what, how did you get into this whole photography madness, man? Particularly film. Where, where did where did you come from on this? Well, we kind of always had film cameras around when I was little, um, and I, it was always something I was familiar with. And then growing up, I, I got more interested in um, art and doing other things. And then as I was kind of going towards figuring out what I wanted to do, it was tending more towards like science and, you know, studying animals and things and doing some strangeness like that. Mm -hmm. And then when I was doing my A-levels, which is kind of like before university, I had a really pretty bad mental breakdown and I just lost it completely. And Oh wow. Yeah, it was it was it wasn't, you know, anything really serious, but it was pretty bad for me and I just it was kinda like a massive reset on my entire priorities. Mm. So for my gosh, was it seventeenth or eighteenth birthday, 
I got a very simple entry-level DSLR. And that was kind of my recovery and therapy and, you know, healing and getting through what was going on. Oh, wow. Roxana would love to hear the story. Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what she kind of does with her, her, you know, her, her class with her, her counseling with her students. But, um, well, uh, it just, go ahead. Yeah, it really helped, you know, you know, learning all the settings and trying low angle and high angle and macro and all, all the things that you learn to do, um, zooming in and out, moving the camera around, doing daft things like that. It was, it was really good and really helped me to focus on something other than the work I was supposed to be doing and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then I went to art school instead of going to do a science degree. And they had a dark room and all that kind of stuff. And it just it just all kind of fell into place there. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely digital for a long time. I did play around with some pinhole cameras for a bit and learned to make darkroom prints and things. But mm. then it was 2015. I actually remember the day I was sat on the moors near where I live photographing a bath with my, it was a, a Canon DSLR at the time, and I just thought, this is no good. This is not fun. <laughs> I'm just not having fun with this. You know, the cloud, mm-hmm. it was all, the light was beautiful, everything was fine, it was just so boring. I'm just pressing this button and nothing really interesting was happening. So the next day, I went out to one of our local camera shops and I bought a Bronica SQA, mm-hmm. and that was it then. Just from then on, it's just been film, 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 all the way. Mm. Did you find like uh, since you you had shot some film before you uh, shot digital? I guess through your your uh, through your education, right? Um, no, not really. I mean, we, yeah. we shot it when I was little. Like I say, we had the point and shoots, uh, the nineties. Yeah, fantastic nonsense. So you and didn't that was really. Kind of it. Yeah, you didn't really have like a real film background as far as like taking artsy fartsy film shots uh, uh, no, before that. So what 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 made you think that film might be the answer when you uh, was finding this uh, digital uh, shooting a little a little flat? Maybe what 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 made you think film might be the answer on that? Well, I think it was the experience in the darkroom. I mean, okay. I built pinhole cameras and I'd mainly been making paper negatives. I'd never shot a roll of film, mm. um, but it the that whole thing of it slowing it down and you know taking your time and just being more involved in that process because I, I kind of realized that if I was using my digital camera then all I was doing was pointing at something it was doing everything else mm-hmm. even on manual mode it's all kind of doing it for you whereas what I kind of thought was I would get more out of the process mm. of the and the actual, actual and, and actually manipulating the camera uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making so, the camera work for you instead of the instead of the uh, making you let's see you working the camera instead of the the camera working you right <laughs> yeah and just you know like I say being because I met what I mainly do is landscape photography because that's where I like to be outside and if you're having to set a camera up and think about what you're doing you're being in that landscape more and you're being in the scene more mm. so you're just taking more of that time to experience what's going on and I just think it's a better a better situation. Mm-hmm. And, and you then find- you know, there's all the rabbit holes you can go down and develop <laughs> in different films and all that kind of stuff. So it right. just made more I, sense to me, my brain. I used to say that. Um, uh, I remember one time somebody was like, "Man, why why bother?" Sh-? And then the, the new digital cameras are so good. Like, uh, what's the point of shooting film? And I was like, "Well, not only is it the process that's more fun, I just enjoy it more, and I like the the delayed." Uh, getting to see the results, you know, and uh, actually trying to use my mind to make sure that I took the photo properly without it showing me immediately whether I took it properly or not. And I enjoy that. But also I tried to make the point that like, you know, with a digital camera, I know I can 
edit the final result, uh, you know, in software and, and make it look a, a bazillion different ways. But, you know, with a digital camera, you have one sensor. And I, with a film camera, I feel like we have as many sensors as there is types of films out, <laughs> out there, you know. It's yeah, just, and, you know, all the different formats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. One, one of the other things I realized pretty quickly after I put the digital camera in a bag and left it there for years um, was that I could never get the pictures I really wanted to get with a digital camera. Yeah, you could edit them, but mm-hmm. I could get from my pinhole camera something that's totally different. Oh yeah, yeah. With everything being perfectly in focus and sharp, and and all stuff like that, so it it really did open up the creative possibilities, and it made me feel better, which was the main thing. Yeah, it's, I was I was wanting to get to that. Like, so after you started shooting film and uh, kind of diving into it, did you find that like uh, you know mentally you were becoming uh, you know more healthy and feeling more stable, or is is, is that do you think that was part of a huge part of like kind of uh, maybe some a healing process. Yeah, I think using the digital camera helped to focus on something, but using mm-hmm. the film cameras made me feel more confident and involved. Like I was mm-hmm. actually making something, mm-hmm. uh, making positive change rather than just you know going out and taking a million pictures of the same thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it did definitely help having that and and knowing that the process wasn't over when the shutter was pressed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's loading, it's going out, it's exposing, it's developing, it's scanning. It's a whole thing. And then it's it's not something that just finishes. It's a process that just gets repeated. And it's just fantastic. It really mm-hmm. what, what's your favorite part of it? Cause I, I tell you, one, one of my favorite parts is just when you finish a roll and either your camera if you're if you have a 90s whiz bang it it it, it, it rewinds it itself or just rewinding it just finishing a roll of film to me is like one of my favorite things i may know that there's probably nothing but crap on that roll but there's some there's some sort of weird like satisfaction when i finish a roll of film even if I, even if i don't know the re- what the results are yet I, I, something about that i just love the rewinding of a film that oh man i finished a roll i can't wait to see what i got you know it's to me it's like when I, is, is there a part that you think is like it, it excites you a little more than that than the rest i think my favorite part is when i'm walking up a mountain and i see something that just catches my eye and i think that mm-hmm. could be that could be an image mm-hmm. and i go through the whole setup and just just before i click the shutter it's like this is i am doing this and yeah. this is what i've selected this this moment in time i've done everything i can do to make this right that's my favorite moment mm. and i know i know it's my favorite moment because i did a whole i didn't record it I did a whole shoot on large format with no film in the holders. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and I took, I just had that same sense of satisfaction, the whole thing. And <laughs> there was nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You still had a good day though, right? You know yeah, I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's about being outside for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, when you got into, how long ago was this when you think you, like you, you really got the film bug or what, what kind what, what year are we looking at here? What time frame? Uh, it was 2015 when I made the jump. I had a okay. I had an Olympus OM10 before that, but I didn't really use it. And then when I got that Bronica, that was it then, total film. And I started uh, using that, experiment with different types of developers and different films and things. So yeah, 2015 to now, it's been film, film, film. Wow, very, very nice. Um, 
Wait, so when you got into it, did you uh, did you do what I hear a lot of people have said on the podcast? You know, they uh, they they go and they they Google film photography, and it seems like people typically always find the FPP first. So anyhow, they or they find podcasts, or they find like uh, forums, or they find uh, you know Facebook groups or whatever, and and see that. Did you know that there was this big uh, kind of revival starting to swell up, or that people were still getting back into shooting film? Did you know that was going on, or did did you even care? I had no idea. <laughs> I um I would buy my film from Boots, which is one of our drugstores out here, mm-hmm. and it was very expensive. And then I realised I could get it on eBay. Mm. But it wasn't until I think, you know, it wasn't until about twenty seventeen or eighteen that I realised that there was other stuff going on mm-hmm. and that this revival was happening. So I kind of missed out. The, <laughs> the yeah, three or four years I could have been involved with stuff. Well, I didn't actually, actually start listening to the podcast until 2018. Right, right. Well, I think you you probably came in at, at the time when it was really, really ramping up because yeah, uh, around 2015 or so uh, is when, uh, gosh, that would have been um, right around or maybe right before the Sunny 16 started. Because I was just on their show and they told me that they had been doing it for five years, so that would put them around that time frame, yeah. maybe 2016 when they started. And I do remember the early episodes of their podcast where you know it was still kind of doom and gloom there i mean there was they didn't have there was no new products to talk about you know so like you kind of did come in when there was actually new things starting to come out and things are really starting to ramp up so you probably came in at the right time honestly so yeah i just kind of feel like i've been very lucky yeah right right (laughs) so i guess uh what we need to get to on this next one is Okay, so you find out there's a film community, and uh, it had it, it, probably like me, you probably were excited about because you felt like you're not the only uh, like lunatic still shooting this supposedly antiquated ancient technology. <laughs> but because uh, uh, I always felt like I was kind of like on an island uh, by myself, I didn't really realize until I searched and found this whole film community thing was going on. I just thought I was the only only person. Uh, I was like, "What's wrong with me, man? Why, 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 why do I want to shoot film so bad?" And, and I must be the only one. And then seeing that there was other people was, uh, it kind of, it actually really, really uh, energized me. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, it's very, it kind of um, it validated it for some reason. Not that I may, maybe needed the needed to be validated because I was having fun with it, but it was nice to know you're not the only guy out there doing yeah. it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I was. Um... I can't remember. I, I was just doing it. And I, I knew it must be around somewhere because I was still buying the film. Mm-hmm. And I was able to get, you know, different types of film. And mm-hmm. then I think what was the first one I listened to, I think the first one I listened to was the Lensless podcast, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that made me feel better because I really love Pinhole. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I must have realized that there were other people doing Pinhole and that there's a whole thing around that. And then I think I found Sunny 16. Mm-hmm. And then there was this one with this very gruff fellow. <laughs> and I put it on and I thought, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I didn't listen to that one again for a while, but I'm glad I went back to it. <laughs> you, probably, you probably should have just stopped there, to be honest thought, with you. What the hell is this? <laughs> uh, you know, you're not the first person that said that, but uh, so uh, I'm surprised that you went back to it. But I'm glad that you did. But but uh, or maybe I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, I probably I should just apologize for uh, for any. No, of no, you do a wonderful the, job. For the but what I did realize when when I kind of was listening to you and those other guys, I knew that there was something going on, and I knew that 
I have to be part of that. I have to get in on this. I have to be part of this movement and part of this thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. Because even if it's just, even if it all crashes and burns, there is going to be historical value to what we are doing. And you know, I wonder that. Like, do you think, like, I don't know, say we all, like, I don't know, maybe say 10 years from now, none of us are doing these film photography podcasts or whatever. Say say we've all stopped and <laughs> we've said everything we could possibly say or whatever, which some people might say that about me already. So, <laughs> but <laughs> but the uh, do you think that these things will still be on servers and listenable, uh, you know, say oh, 20 years from now? Absolutely, because all the all the things that have been done over the years, over history, they've survived and they'll be useful for later on. I mean, my friends just found a bunch of film reels from World War Two. Oh wow! But they're still there and they're still usable and they still have value. Mm-hmm. And that's how all these art movements work. I mean, if you look at any art movement through history, they've all got their funny little things, their booklets, their leaflets. They're all still available to read and they all still have value. So I definitely think what we are doing is going to be um maybe not looked at maybe for a long time but it certainly will be around and i just knew i had to be part of it i knew i had to get in there you know yeah yeah so and when you so when you started thinking about doing a podcast did you have a like a uh, I know when I first started, uh, I had no idea what I was going to do. I just knew that uh, kind of kind of like you, I, I, I decided that um, I didn't really know that if I cared if anybody listened or not. It was just like I kind of liked it because it was sort of a, at first when it was just me talking into my phone for 15 minutes uh, several times a week. It was kind of like a documenting where I'm at with my photography. And I, I never have went back and, and listened to those, but cause I don't, I'm embarrassed by them truthfully. But uh, if I did, <laughs> I would, I would probably remember like, Oh yeah, I remember when I was trying to do some experiments with that or so in a way I thought it was sort of like kind of a personal journal at first. Yeah. And then, and then if anyone listens to it, great. And if not, at least I have it there for my own uh, to look back on one of these days, or maybe my, my sons or whatever could, could get a kick out of it later on. Uh, <laughs> but, but the, uh, um, so I didn't really have like a, uh, an outline of what I really wanted to do with it. And I, and the show, my show has changed so much uh, since I've been doing it. We've changed formats, added guests and our hosts, and we've went through different things to try to, uh, but y- you have a pretty distinct, uh, format. And, uh, I was talking to you in the pre-recording. I think the only, you know, there's been a couple of the shows that kind of done some things similar to what you do, but you basically take the listener out on a photo walk with you and describe the scene, which, which to me would seem, would seem really hard to do, but you do a really good job at it. I know we've had contests where we've had to describe photographs on an audio podcast and, and it's, I find it incredibly difficult, but when I listen to your, your podcast, you, I, I don't know, I'm not seeing these places that you're at, but I I feel like I can visualize them pretty well. So you do a pretty good job at that, but you're basically taking uh, the listener on a, on a little tour on your little photo walk, uh, your, your day out shooting. And then at the end, you kind of tell people about the images and what you did wrong and what you liked and what you, and what came out successfully. Was that always the goal? Did did, did, is it, is that, was that your original plan or did you just, uh, or did you have like uh, five episodes you recorded? It's like, I'm never going to release these. I got to, I got to do something different. (laughs) Like how how did you go come up? about your format well what happened was i i was i realized that i had to um if i was going to learn to do this film properly i had to make notes and mm-hmm. figure out you know because with digital you just look at the um metadata and it tells you what the settings were mm-hmm. but with this you can't you can't look at the film and say right this was this shutter speed this aperture and i'm i'm very into my technical um 
you know, skills and things. Mm-hmm. So I was taking a notebook out and I did that for one day and it went in the river and it, <laughs> it got dropped and it got lost. And I've no idea. <laughs> I couldn't take physical notes. So I just started recording my phone. I'll be like, okay, tree on hill uh, 130th, whatever. I'd record all the settings. And then I'd listen to that later and I'd think, okay, yeah, that worked. And oh, this didn't work and this was underexposed. So I need to try this. So it was, it started out as me just recording what my notes so that I could learn basically. Mm-hmm. And then so Sunny 16 did guys did this one hour photo challenge where they went oh, out yeah. and yeah. what they were doing. And I thought, oh, that sounded quite good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Neil Piper was doing his, like you say, his, his thing where he was out doing his photo walk. And I always thought maybe I should start a YouTube channel and do that. But with the job that I do, it's not a very, a very good idea. So it just kind of evolved out of that, really. I started putting my audio recordings together, which were terrible, you know, really bad audio quality, wind whistling all the time, and it wasn't <laughs> a narrative. So I just got a little dictaphone and started recording what I was doing. And it evolved into this thing mm-hmm. that I, I really loved, and I thought, this is really good. And that was kind of my entry point. And it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't had that um experience listening to those guys and saying yeah this is something that works on an audio this mm-hmm. is where you could do this and make it make it work really well so that's kind of how it began it was just me learning and trying to record my audio awesome awesome so uh when you um started uh doing it that way like was you like if you if you go back now and listen to your early episodes, are you as embarrassed as I am uh, of my early episodes, or, or are you happy with them? Because <laughs> I feel like you came out of the gate uh, sounding like you knew what you were doing. Like me, it was kind of a, <laughs> a rambly, uh, stumbling over my words type of thing for I don't know uh, 60, 70 episodes where where I got landed on my feet a little bit. But uh, did you are, are you uh, do you recommend people going back and starting from the beginning? Because <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> they're obviously going to be a bit different to what they are now, but I, there's definitely value there. I mean, if anything, it's a record of what I was doing. I mean, I went out, the first ones I did were with my large format camera. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know what I was doing with that at the point. But the way I see it is if I'm making an episode and the pictures are no good, then there's still something there yeah. to listen to and learn from. So even mm-hmm. the bad stuff gets put in there doesn't always make it onto the social media feeds, but everything that I do gets put into the episode. So there's always something to listen to and there's always something to do. And if you're interested in the journey, it definitely starts off one way and is ending another. But I think that I already had um, a certain skill level before I started. So I wasn't starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I, I would say if anyone wants to listen to go back and listen to those first few. But if, if um, I think the starting point was the first Scotland series, that's when I really started taking it seriously. Because I, I I went on the Anchor um, data thing. Yeah. In, oh, when was it? It must have been October 2019. And I had 40 listeners. <laughs> and I thought, oh my goodness, we'll actually listen to these. So then I started <laughs> taking it seriously. I started right. making my Scotland episodes and, you know, making them as good as I could. I remember that was that was a kind of a, a really interesting feeling was when um, – yeah, I, I, I don't know how many episodes I was into it before I, I, I checked the anchor like, 
how many people had listened. And, you know, you, you start off and like the first time you get, I think early on, it was a time I looked and I had like five listeners like, man, there's five people that actually listen to this, this rubbish. That's, that's, that's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> and then it gets to 10, then it gets, you know, a little higher. And then you're like, wow, this is kind of crazy. Like, how are people finding this for one thing? And then, uh, and the, the fact that they're listening, it just, it was, it, it's kind of rewarding in a way. I, it is, yeah. I, I, I try not to think about like how many listeners I have, or if I'm losing listeners or gaining listeners. I really don't care because I'm gonna I'm gonna do it regardless. I just enjoy yeah. doing it. But, uh, but but it is rewarding when you see like, oh my God, people are taking time out of their life to listen to uh, my ramblings, and that that's uh, and so you know it does it does. I guess I you know a lot of. Um, there's a lot of bands out there that just don't want to sell out, you know, and, or anything. And like, you know, they want to stay underground and all that. And, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but I don't think anybody really wants to stay underground. Right. We all do this stuff and, uh, and we do it because we enjoy it, but you do want people to hear your work, you, you know, whether it be, or you, and your, even your photography, you do want people to see it. You want people to uh, your podcast. You want people to hear it. If you play music, you want people to hear the songs you write. Like, you know, like that's to say that you don't is, is, you're, you're kind of you're a liar if you're saying that, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's why that's why we do this. But for me, there's, it's it's a bit deeper than that. I mean, the fact that I have listeners makes me put effort into making the episodes uh, what they are. And I'd like a, I'd like to think there's a consistent quality mm-hmm. what I'm doing. But to me, the more voices there are talking about this and talking about the businesses and the products that are used, if I inspire one person to buy one roll of film. That's one more data point in Codex, you know, library for making film. Yes, that's I one agree. One more thing for someone, a manufacturer, to invest in continuing this. Mm-hmm. And it, what frustrates me really, really riles me up is when people say things like alternative processes. It's not alternative processes. Digital is the alternative process. We are doing it. <laughs> a, it has nice. always. Been the digital stuff is the, the other that's come in and, and is now vanishing a little bit. So <laughs> what we are doing is just keeping something going that is historically valuable. And it, every, like I say, everything we do is adding to the mix. And if I can do that, then that's that's going to be good. Yeah, I, I, that's I think when I was uh, starting this podcast, I, I was that was my thing. Like I, it's like I just felt like I don't, and you you probably sure felt the same way. Like. Uh, when you found out there was like this film thing going on, I wanted to, um, I just wanted to talk about my excitement about it and yeah. try to do whatever I could to keep it going because, you know, um, we, we don't know really how long this thing's going to go. I hope it goes on for the rest of our lives, you know, and in my son's lives and my grandchildren. But as far as it being, you know, popular and hip, I don't know how long it's going to be like this kind of cool thing to do. Uh, but I hope it's a long time, but I felt like, I felt like I wanted to get out there and promote it, you know, and if anybody, yeah. it, it, like, like you said, if you, if you, if you turned one person on to shooting film, uh, or get somebody back into it, then, you know, we've done our job, you know, Absolutely. and, uh, I, I know a lot of people, we talked about this in the pre-recording uh, say, oh, there's, there's too many, uh, too many film podcasts out there. I, I can't keep up with them all. And, 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 and I don't think anybody's expecting you to keep up with them all. And I try to, because, you know, uh, I, I, I feel like it keeps me like, uh, keeps me having like a little finger on the pulse of the community. If I, if I try to make sure I listen to all of them, as many of them as I can. Uh, yeah. uh, but you know, I know a lot of people can't, but what I, and 
I, I heartily disagree with any comment that, oh, there's just too many film podcasts out there. It's oversaturated. I shouldn't start one because there's too many out there. Uh, I have I have said several times uh, that, you know, somebody may not like my show or they may not like your show or whatever, but there there's bound to be, and especially with the more that come out, uh, a film photography podcast out there that will – uh, speak to you and be inspiring to you. And, you know, and I like the fact that there's so many different ones out, you know, you'll, you'll find one that, that will mo- motivate you and keep you inspired. And I think it's the more voices, the better. I, I, I yeah. Definitely, yeah. And the other thing is if, if, you know, if you are looking for something to listen to, you might not listen to every episode of my show. You might just want to listen to the ones where I go to shoot waterfalls. Cause you might be wanting to go shoot waterfall. You might not listen to every sunny 16. You might just see that one name, that mm-hmm. you're really interested in, listen to that one. So if someone does have an idea, if someone does want to do something, just do it because someone is going to find something in it. You know, right. it's going right. to be of value to somebody. That's what mm-hmm. I was saying before. These things we are doing are going to have value because if it does go away and comes back, this is a library of knowledge that we are creating that someone can access. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember when I first got heavy back into shooting film, I found the FPP and... I think uh, Sunny 16 started around the time, around the same time. So I started listening yeah. to them. And, and of course, after I went through the entire FPP catalog and, and the, the few that Sunny had had out uh, when, when I first started listening to podcasts, uh, I went back and found some podcasts that had been dead for, I don't know, I, I won't be able to think of the name of it now, but, uh, uh, but they, it had been a pod, there were several film podcasts that were kind of had, kind of had been dead for three or four years. And I still listened to those episodes and got a lot out of them, even though they were talking about happen. things that were not really relevant, uh, at least what was going on in the industry, uh, at the time. Uh, but the, the principles and the inspiration was still there, you know? And so yeah, you might be right about that. I, I like, I like the fact, I like, the, I like to try to think that we're, we're, we're doing something valuable for the future, Henry. That's a, oh, we definitely <laughs> so Nice way to think about it. Okay. Well, uh, other than the podcast thing, uh, so as far as your photography, like uh, I know you, you love doing pinhole and stuff. What is what is your and obviously uh, outdoors, like uh, landscape, is seems to be uh, you mentioned is kind of your your thing. Is there any like? Do you feel like you have developed a style? Because I, I I always struggle thinking about whether you know my photography has a style or anything. Do you think you you developed the the Henry look, because <laughs> I think it's a really hard thing to to figure out if you've done, you know. Um, ooh. I don't know about a look. I think yeah. I've. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been able to use different cameras to make certain types of picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pinhole camera I use, I think, is quite distinctive, and I could tell it's that against maybe another kind of pinhole camera. Um, I think I'm still working on the way I'm using the holder, but no, I don't know about style. I think it's, I think for me, it's more about what is in the frame and what I'm including. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm still working on that one, but the, I think the pinhole stuff is definitely the most stylistic thing I do just yeah. by into what it can do physically. Mm-hmm. No, I don't mm-hmm. know about style. I think there's certain, um, like I say, subjects that I like to go and shoot that, a, a common theme maybe mm-hmm. yeah man, i'm still working on a style 
Yeah, I think I think I think that's I think it's something that we'll all work on the entire time we, we shoot photography or whatever or any hobby we're in. We're, we're trying to develop, uh, just keep getting better at it, and possibly maybe at some point a style develops. But I, I think one problem with me is I'm I just like to shoot so many different cameras and formats. I'm all over the place, and I don't yeah. I, I, I'm jealous of the people that can just I shoot this one camera, this one type of film, and they do tend to develop a style out of that. And I think I'm just too scattered. Uh, with formats and cameras and stuff to like maybe allow that to happen so that might be uh, a little bit of, uh, of an impedance to me of, of uh, you know like trying to uh, uh, come up with a style but I, I don't I don't but I don't uh, you know I, I don't I don't dislike that because I enjoy shooting like every camera makes me shoot different or maybe uh, maybe maybe even see things differently depending on what camera format that I'm shooting I, I enjoy that aspect of it you kind of feel the same there well, it's like, would you go into a, a sweet shop and just eat one kind of sweet? You know? <laughs> right, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> would, you, would you go into a bar and just have one kind of drink? You wouldn't. You'd try and, I mean, the whole point, one of the one of the points of this is we've got so much um, that we could access, you know, different formats, different film stocks, different developers. How could, and people do, I know, and it's just fine, but the the opportunities for, just playing with things and having different types of pictures and different looks is is too irresistible to me. Mm-hmm. And even developing a style. I mean, I like shooting FP4, but I won't not shoot other things because I want to see how it looks. Mm-hmm. I won't not try other developers, even though I like one. Um, I think style is something that maybe people get too hung up on because as a as a sales technique, it's good. You know, yeah. this is my style. This is my unique style. But if mm-hmm. we're just having fun, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Style is something we see when we look back rather than something I think we try and do looking forward. Oh, it's a good point. I like, man, you, you uh, yeah, good point. Because I, I, I do sometimes find myself getting a little jealous sometimes when I uh, go through my Instagram feed and I see certain people and I don't even have to look at the account name. I know when I see the photo that that's this person and I'm like, wow, that, that guy's really pulling it off or that girl's really pulling it off, man. Like I knew, I knew whose photo that was before I even looked at who, what the account name was or whatever. And uh, I, 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 I guess in a way, I like what you say, man, because uh, if you, uh, you know, I just keep pushing forward and, and see what comes out and maybe, maybe a style. I don't think it's something you should actually chase. I don't think it's something you can yeah. actually make happen. I think it just kind of has to happen naturally. And the only way to do that is just keep shooting and keep experimenting. Right. So, yeah. It is. I mean, the, the one of the photographers that really influenced me was Michael Kenner, and he's got a very distinctive style. Mm. And he he shoots, I don't know if you know about him, but he shoots on um, a Hasselblad. Mm. He only shoots uh, HP5. And it's great, you know, his stuff is great, but that's that's his look, and he sells prints based on that look. I'm not mm. trying to sell prints. I'm right. trying to capture the beautiful world that I live in, in the way mm. that I can. So it's not too important, really. But I can see why it will be important for some people, like I say, we're trying to make some money off this. Yeah, but I don't yeah. think it's anything necessary to worry about. I think just have fun and enjoy what we've got while we've got it. Yeah. Uh, amen. Uh, what do you think about like, uh, as far as like your final output of, of like, uh, you, you, we, we all go out and take all these photos and I've always felt, uh, you know, family photos, obviously everyone that's important for everybody. And, and we yeah. know what we're going to do with those, but like, as far as your artsy fartsy shots, like, uh, uh, do you, do you feel like you have an in game form or do you, do you just do it cause you enjoy it? Like, and, and just, you know, you post it and people like it, whatever do you, uh, zines, uh, or art shows is 
anything like that something that you want to do in the future? Do you feel like you need an end game or is it just going out and shooting it and just getting the satisfaction of that uh, good enough? Like where, where, you, where do you stand on that? I think my primary motivation is getting out into the landscape and mm-hmm. being outside because that's that's really the greatest uh, healing tool there is. Um, I think I'm quite motivated to make the best image that I can, and it's kind of a it's kind of a competition with myself. Like mm-hmm. can I pull this off again, <laughs> and you do yeah. this one more time. But I would like to make books. I mean, I did make a zine before, and I'm working on a, a pinhole zine. But yeah, books is something I'm very interested in doing because. I have um I have a dark room, but I don't print, and I do feel bad about that. I would like to do more printing, but it's just mm-hmm. a time thing. Yeah. So books, I think, is a way I'd like to go. But it's not for me. It's more about can I can I just achieve making a picture one more time? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I uh, I was trying to um. Uh, think you know like what is my uh, recently I was going through some old photos that I, and uh, that I hadn't uh, seen in a while and I was trying to figure out do do I have like one photo that if somebody said hey Mike what's what's your favorite your favorite photo you've ever taken and I don't think I have one man and I kind of like that I don't and like I don't have like one photo I'm like man that one that's it like i've done it like i've that's my masterpiece and i'm kind of glad that i haven't because i, I think we're always going to keep chasing our masterpiece you know and yeah. that that keeps us uh, motivated you know because i see sometimes i'll see somebody else's photos and i'll be like oh man if i had taken that shot i, I could retire from uh, from doing photography man because like that that's just man if i could have taken a shot like that I'd, you know, I'd never top it you know and yeah uh but i bet the person that took that photo uh doesn't think that they topped themselves you know i, I bet they still are chasing uh what they think is you know they probably don't see yeah, it yeah, as yeah, a masterpiece yeah. you know so yeah uh, it's it's kind of the beauty of this hobby man is like you never i don't I don't think you can ever really master it, you know, and uh, and I think that's what keeps us motivated. I think, um, yeah, you're right. You can't ever you can't ever master it because the it, the minute someone does, then that's it. You can't, you know, there's nowhere to go. It's like right. when someone when a runner runs the, the fastest time, whoever mm-hmm. runs the fastest time in the future, no one will ever be able to beat it. So you're always going to be that's going to be it. Then if yeah. someone makes the perfect photograph, then that's fine. They can do that. <laughs> but I think, I think it's when I'm out, my primary goal is to just apply what I know to try and make something that I'm proud of mm-hmm. that I can maybe look at and say, yeah, that was, that was good. That was a nice, nice day. Cause when I look at the pictures, I don't necessarily look at them and go, that's just the best picture ever. I'm looking at it going, yeah, that was a nice day. That was a good yeah trip out that was a, a nice experience or you know if that was a scary experience or maybe i was feeling a bit under the weather that day but it's it's if you're like i say before if you're trying to sell something yeah you want to be chasing that perfect quality all the time but if you're just doing it for whatever anything goes right right do you do you uh I, I, my wife uh she's having uh we're having like a graduation party for my son coming up here and there's gonna be some, a lot of people in the house uh, visiting throughout the day or whatever and uh so she realized that like the photos we had on our walls like uh even the family photos are way outdated like so she wants me to like reframe uh, a bunch of the family photos of a new, newer update them basically but even like 
uh, the artsy fartsy shots that she has in the walls, uh, <laughs> like is, is all, it's all like my photography or whatever. And they're like, and I'm not I, like, I don't like any of these photographs. I'm like, we have to get these off the walls. Like I've, I've yeah. got better stuff than this, <laughs> but, and, um, but I feel kind of weird. Like she wants me, well, let's get this, uh, some new stuff uh, up before we have this party or whatever. And, and I feel a little weird, like hanging out, hanging up, like uh, just nothing but my stuff. It feels sort of like, uh, like, e- <laughs> like egotistical, like, oh yeah, all, all the uh, art on the walls is my photography. You know, it just, it seems a little weird. <laughs> do you, do you hang your, your, uh, your photographs on your walls? Yeah, I do. When I, whenever I get managed to print them, I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's another thing of, um, I mean, what did uh, what did the first people do? They decorated their caves with their own art because there wasn't any other. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. So we're just like we're just basically just modern cavemen at this point, yeah, right? So. <laughs> I mean, if, if you were to see my walls, you'd see all me and my girlfriend. We we make things, and there's all sorts of stuff that we've made on the walls. It's just it's part of your situation, isn't it? And yeah, I, I like to put my art on the walls. I've got mm-hmm. some other people's work on the walls when I can manage to purchase something. But yeah get it up because it's that point of pride isn't it it's like mm-hmm. for me every time i walk past a picture that i've done even if it's not a very good one it's like you did that you were yeah, okay to yeah. do that and you can and, do and it honestly, honestly there's nothing wrong with feeling uh, with being proud of that man anytime you make something yourself yeah. you should be proud of it you know anytime you create something uh uh, there should be a, an amount of pride you you derive from it. So maybe I shouldn't feel so weird about having nothing but my. I, I, Roxanna sent me a nice uh, print, uh, matted print that I need, we need to put in a frame. I want to put her uh, one of her prints up. And uh, but there, there's some people that send me some really nice prints that I want to frame up. Yeah. And get some other other people stuff up there too, so it doesn't look like I'm. It's like the museum of my gutterman in my house <laughs> or whatever. But, so, but well, uh, the, the other thing is I I like putting um, photographs up that I took in Scotland because that place really does bring me a lot of peace and every mm. time i see that it's it just reminds me that um you know whatever happens that place exists and that place is peaceful so it's a it's a mental thing as much as anything else mm-hmm. but i would like to put more of other people's work up on the walls i have some that i need to frame but definitely put your own work up and and, and enjoy it because you did it and you should be proud of it absolutely absolutely uh, well, so the, kind of the next thing I want to get into, we talked a little bit about it and uh, uh, in the pre-recording, but um, you had mentioned, uh, you kind of wanted to kind of mention a little bit about your, uh, uh, I don't know, explorations in some camera building uh, that this seems like um, you need to get on the, what's this guy, the homemade camera uh, podcast. Maybe. Oh, I love, so, <laughs> I love you, the, the, the two hours of their show is basically just um, them bickering, right, <laughs> fighting with right. each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it is an entertaining one. And those guys, you talk about, I don't, I don't, I've always tried to figure out who's the nerdiest film podcast out there. It's got to be those guys, right? They oh, have to be yeah, the nerdiest. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, tell me a little bit about what your, what your th- thoughts on uh, what you've built and what your plans are with that. Like, where, where are you going with this? Well, I, oh, I started like, like I say, when I was at, uh, college I did some stuff in the dark room and I made a couple of pinhole cameras I made one out of a coke can which took round pictures <laughs> and that idea that yes you can make a photograph but you could also make the thing that makes a photograph was mm-hmm. just mind-blowing mm-hmm. um so I made oh gosh I must have made four or five different pinhole cameras over the years and I've arrived at one which I lovingly referred to as the strange finder, which I think is very funny. 
Um, oh yeah, now now it's ringing a bell. I remember hearing you talk yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. So I made that one, <laughs> gosh, a couple of years ago, and it takes lovely, blurry, out of focus at the edges, but pin sharp in the middle. It just takes wonderful mm. pictures. And every time I see a picture from that camera, it's like you made the camera, you made the image. The only right. thing you didn't make was the emulsion. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is entirely down to you. It's not down to Canon manufacturers or lens manufacturers. Mm-hmm. It's all down to you. And that control, whether it's control freak nature or not, I don't know, but it just gives me such a massive sense of satisfaction knowing that I had a hand in every component of that picture. Oh, well, I, yeah, I, I haven't thought about that. Yeah. Because, you know, we I think we take a lot of, uh, I think sometimes we get a little, um, uh, self-grandizing about the fact, yeah, I shot this on film. I, yeah, I shot the film. I developed it and yeah, I printed yeah. it, and like I, I controlled the whole process. But we didn't make the camera, so when you add that in there, you really did it. You did everything yeah. from ground up, right? <laughs> well, the the next step is obviously to make uh, make some dry plates, and then I just own it all. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Then you won't even need this film photography thing to keep going. You just do it all yourself, right? Yeah, you know, absolutely. You're self-sufficient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, building nice. cameras is really, really um, part of what I do, and I made that one, and then I made. I thought of just going straight to large format. Because I wanted to go into large format, I was getting a bit fed up with the Bronica, mm-hmm. and so I made a four by five camera, which was the thing I used in the first five episodes of my show, and you know it was fine, it was a bit janky, but it worked. And that being able to do that and having people say, "Well, where'd you buy that? Oh, I made it. Oh my goodness, it was just it just opened a door that I can't shut now." <laughs> oh, that's awesome! <laughs> that is, yeah. That is awesome. Uh, I've always wanted to make a a, a pinhole camera, and um, uh, I, I've just recently wanted to start getting into some woodworking. So I would I would I would really would enjoy to like uh, try to make like a you know a wooden pinhole camera or something you know uh, and uh, or even uh, I even like at one time my dad has a lot of like. Uh, uh, stuff that I could actually work with metal. Um, and oh, so yeah. I even thought, well, maybe it, would it, wouldn't it be cool to actually make like a metal pinhole camera? Like, and, and I don't know, I would probably give it some heavy metal name or something like that or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I've had that thought. I've never, never dived into uh, trying to do anything like that, but it's on, it's on the, t- the, 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 the always ever growing to do list of things I want to accomplish one of these days. So, but it's not, it's not as hard as you think. I mean, at the very basic level is get a can stick a hole in the front and you'll get something mm-hmm. it, how how technical you want to go into it is is up to you but i i tend to be very technical about it and you know work out uh uh what's it called focusing disc not focusing disc focal length focal length yeah like that, that. That's, I, I really go into the maths on it but just that's what's always confused me about like making a pinhole camera is that i always get kind of uh, caught up on like, well, how do you know how far to make the pinhole from the film plane, you know, and w- with the, with whatever aperture you're making the pinhole and all that. And, uh, and I, I know there's like resources out there. I haven't really dived into like, 
how you figure all that all that crap out but like it seems like uh, I, I know there's resources out there how do you figure uh, do you, i mean without like getting too technical like is there is it pretty easy to figure out like you know uh i've got this pinhole it's gonna uh be uh, estimated around this aperture you know uh and uh it needs to be this far away from the film plane to get this sort of field of view like is is that pretty easy or is it is it is it as difficult as i think it might be <laughs> It is. I mean, it, it, it's a bit of trial and error. I mean, the two resources I used is, is it mrpinhole.com? The okay. website where you can just type in numbers and it will tell you what to do, what what distances to do. So you can type in your pinhole diameter or your focal length and it will tell you what, what to use. Mm. I'll try and find a link and put it on the Facebook group. Um, but then Joe Van Cleef has a YouTube channel and he talks about how to get exposures and work out focal lengths. So his stuff is really good. Mm. He makes a lot of pinhole cameras. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, stick holes in stuff and see what works. I mean, the closer <laughs> the closer your pinhole is to the film plane, the wider it's going to be. Right, right. Um, the further away it is, the more telephoto he says with with his wiggly fingers it's going to be. So, yeah. I, yeah, just stick holes in stuff and see what works. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, so the, the pinhole camera you were talking about earlier in this conversation that you said was uh, really nice and sharp in the middle and like blurry around the edges, which is a, yep. a look that I love from uh, just my, my just my absolute love of Hoga cameras. Like uh, what pinhole camera was that? Is that one you made or was that a manufactured one? I've never bought one. I, I've made them all. So this one's, I okay. call it the Strange Finder. It's, yeah, okay. Um, so that was that one. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I'm, I was trying to work on, uh, I had made one out of, pine and it mm. took square pictures and i thought that's very nice but i was getting a bit bored of square and i liked the four by five aspect ratio and i really liked six by seven so i thought i'll make one mm -hmm. that's six by seven didn't okay. realize until later on that there were no numbers for six by seven on the backing paper oh okay. so i had to use six by nine but the focal length on that one is uh is it 30 i think it's 30 millimeters so it's really wide and the pinhole is 0 0.2, mm. not 0 0.2. So I, oh, the aperture's like 130. Okay. So it, it, um, it lines up my light meter basically perfectly. So I just meter off that. But okay. You have to do all sorts of calculations for different f-stops. But that one, when I made it, I tested it, and I accidentally used the 645 numbers. <laughs> so <laughs> I um I was quite surprised how nice it was and how sharp it was in the middle, and I just kind of didn't mess about with it after that because I thought it's kind of perfect and I just love it so much. It just produces such wonderful, weird images. Ah, wow! Every kinda... roll has something on it. You know, even if I mess up most of the pictures, mm -hmm. every roll has something that's that's worth on there. So I just wow. So it's, it sort of sounds like you have the success with that. Like I, I, I would say the same about my Hoga. I always call it my magic Hoga because mm. I, I've heard so many people have problems with Hogas, but mine just, it's just the perfect uh, Hoga because it's sharp in the center, uh, blurry yeah. on the edges. And I even have, and I, and I love the, the, you know, the slight darkening, the, the vignetting and the, and the edges and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, um, uh, but it, it sounded, and I've never shot a roll in that camera where I didn't get, get at least one that I thought was, Okay, that was worth it, man. That was interesting, yeah. you know. And that's uh, I think it's why that 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 camera. I'm just so endeared with it. But like, uh, so 
does this the strange finder does it have some vignetting as well does it get darker towards the edges oh, yeah totally i mean oh, one side's awesome yeah one side's a bit dark on the other which is okay. which is great and there's yeah. some it's weird there's some light leak in there but it never gets on the frame it's always like in the edges mm-hmm. and everything about it i didn't i didn't intend any of this everything about it is just wonderful i just built it and then the pitching out of it is just something it it it's exactly what i want so it really right. happened. Well, but hint, you never hint. know when you build the camera. You never really know what it's going to do. Sure. Yeah. So you, it's almost sort of a a little bit like you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit, right? And you just sometimes you yeah. get lucky. And yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I built one. I did build a pinhole camera a couple of years ago, and every picture was it, it was fine, but it was all flat. Everything was just the same. There was no vignetting. There was no nothing. It was mm-hmm. all kind of blurry, and it was a bit disappointing. Yeah. That but would this be. one, it's just like magic every time. It's great. Henry, it sounds to me like you need to manufacture this camera and I need to buy one from you. So like, Oh, man. Do you know what? <laughs> I Because um, I, I do cheat. I have a laser cutter where I work. Uh-huh. So I do cheat a little bit. But I drew up the plans to make a 645 version. And then we got totally knocked off because of the pandemic. So I never mm-hmm. got a chance to do it. But I would still I would like to do is is try and make some that people could either buy or you know just donate a little bit for. I wouldn't like to mass manufacture and sell them. Yeah. I, I would like to do something. So yeah, I will I will make you one and send you one. <laughs> that would be awesome, man. I and I will pay you for it, man, for your time because I, I only have one pinhole camera and I love it. I have the the Hoga wide pinhole camera and it does everything that I said that I was talking about. It you know the sharp in the in the in the center, maybe not as sharp as my regular Hoga, but uh, I guess maybe it is. I don't know. And then it has like the the blurriness towards the edges and the and the yeah. vignetting. And of course, it's it's ultra wide. You know, it, it shoots um, what is it, six by nine it's or six thousand. by yes, yeah, or six by twelve. I believe it is. Yeah. You have two choices. And um, I've only shot it at six point uh, six by nine at this point. But um, uh, and I love it. Uh, and I always thought, well, you know, that's. I, I don't really need a, another pinhole camera. As a matter of fact, I bought a second one. I liked it so much. So just to have, because Hoga's, you never know how, if they're going to, how long they're going to last. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so I bought a second one. I got two of them. And I'm like, I'm done with pinhole cameras. And this is my <laughs> ultimate pinhole camera. But what you're talking about, man, I don't know. Uh, I may have to buy one, uh, one of these uh, strange finders. I like, I like the, first of all, I love the name anyway. So, uh, but I feel like, uh, yeah, uh, I would be, I would be down to, down to order one of those. So uh, well, let's all, let's want- all. Do you want one that you have to assemble yourself, or do you want one pre-assembled? Uh, you know what? I'll go either way with it. I, I like to, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I am a, I am a, I'm a, I'm a working man, so I do like to work with my hands. So, so uh, that's, a <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that would be awesome, man. I'll, I'll, we'll work something out. I'll, I'll yeah, get you, some, I'll get you some funds, and I'll, uh, and uh, there'll be a, a, hey, I guess it could be, I could possibly own the first strange finder in, in, in America, right? So, you know. It could be, it, you know, it'd be, it could be slowly taken over the world by storm as far as we know, cameras, <laughs> right? So, yeah. <laughs> where do you want to see, like, uh, where do you see your podcast going? You feel like you're going to keep uh, going with this, uh, the format you're doing now? You're happy with it, or do you think you'll try new things in, in the future with it? Or what's your, which I know you kind of did something uh, recently when you went on the big, uh, the big kind of 
photo walk there and uh, got to talk to a lot of people and actually be around people again, which I'm sure was uh, an amazing experience. Uh, yeah, but really nice. Yeah, yeah. And so you, do you think more things like that would be something you'll do in the future? Or are you pretty just uh, content uh, kind of kind of doing what, you, uh, what you're doing, which is unique in, in the film podcast uh, uh, universe anyway? I think what I'm going to try and do is more um, trips away. So mm. less walking around my home area and spending more time out and about. But the only thing I can't ever really do is interviews just because of um, the nature of how I record and edit and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I would like to get more people on the show in some way or another. I mean, I did the um, Super Celebration episode last year with all the podcasts, yeah. which was really nice. Mm-hmm. I do want to do one of those with listeners. So I'm going to be sending out the call soon for listeners to send in a, you know, a short clip of what they're doing and hopefully I'll get some things like that. But yeah, more more stuff with listening interaction and maybe more photo walks where I get to talk to people and out in the field because that me being on my own is fine and I enjoy it but I do feel like sometimes it would be good to hear other people's perspectives because when you're doing an interview with someone and you sat down it's all very well to talk about these things but being out in the field is different mm-hmm. experiencing different people's methods and how they approach something is going to be very useful for people if they're listening. So yeah, I would like to get more voices on the show in one way or another. I'm not sure quite how I'm going to do it yet, but that's something I'd definitely like to explore. Yeah, yeah, I think I think people will do that too because uh, I, I think one of the one of the, the favorite things that I that I, I get to do on the show is when uh, when people send me like listener call-ins or whatever, and it could be like a, just a camera review, or they could be talking about uh, an experience out shooting, or uh, I've had people like Malcolm Myers actually sending me like uh, like a little history lessons on some historical photographers and stuff, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Like it's been my favorite part of uh, of kind of doing the podcast. I love getting you know, other, other voices on there and providing a platform for other people to get their perspectives out. Because, you know, at, at this point, as long as I've been doing this, everybody knows what I think about all this shit. You know, they don't need to, <laughs> they don't need to know my opinion on anything else anymore. But, uh, so I love like, and so I would, I, I hope that you're successful with that. Cause I, I do think it's a, it's a neat thing. And it's something that the film community has, and, you know, just a whole, a, a, a real good grasp of is like, um, is, you know, I think we, we, and you've been in it for a while you start recognizing names and voices yeah, or what you know so like uh you know i think it's a and everyone kind of it's just a really cool community so i think you could get some really cool stuff because you're going to give people a different platform for the type of collins that you would get than 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 i would get you know what i'm saying because our shows are, are different and i think yeah. it would be uh it'd be, it'd be neat I, I hope you i hope you have some success with that so people if you're listening to his show uh send henry some collins and uh and and, and and you know help 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 a brother out you know so <laughs> yeah that'd go. be great yeah yeah all right well i think we can Go ahead and kind of start wrapping up here, Henry. Um, like what? Uh, I guess I guess we need to get out. Um, hey, uh, where can people uh, listen to your show? I, mean, I guess it's all on all, all the podcast catchers. But tell tell people about the show uh, and where people can check out your work and anything you want to get out there as far as uh, how people can uh, check you out. So the show is Tales from the Magic Box. I think it's available everywhere, uh, including now Podbean. I've been told it's on there as well. Oh, it's nice. definitely on Apple Podcasts and um, places like that. Uh, I am on Twitter at TFTMB and Tales from the Magic Box podcast on Instagram. And that's kind of where I post all the pictures. I did have a blog, but I filled that up and I've not done another one. So if you want to check out all the old <laughs> stuff, 
the blog is linked somewhere. But yeah, it's all on Instagram. It's all on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And send me a message. Please do. Awesome. And one thing about your show is like at the end of the show, uh, like after you've been out, uh, you've taken us on the photo walk or whatever, you usually have like a, a kind of an image review section at the end. And yeah. um, uh, so I guess they can follow that uh, on your on the Instagram, the Tells from the Magic Box Instagram, right? So that would be a good yeah. way to see the images you're talking about on the episode. Is that kind of how you do it? Yeah, what I tend to do is I do the image review and then I'll put the pictures up on Instagram over the week that the image is out. So the two weeks after the show, the images go out. So you okay. can definitely see what, what's going on. But I'm trying to do more video stuff mm-hmm. that I put on the coffee page. <coughs> now I, I saw one that you did and you did a really good job at it, man. I think I even reached out to you and told you that. Uh, you know, you should probably consider YouTube, man. You did a, an excellent job. Like, I, I just, I don't know if I, I don't know, man. I worked in TV as a camera operator for a while. I should be able to do video, but it just seems so daunting <laughs> to me, man. Like, you know, so it's really hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because it's and, like uh, you, you're so focused on. It's like, it's like going backwards. You're so focused on looking at the screen. You're not focused on what you're doing. So right. it, it is fun, but it does take me out of it a little bit. So I, I won't be doing it too much. But I would like to do more video image reviews because I think they're really useful and helpful. But yeah, they all go on Instagram. So if you want to check out the image reviews, they should all be there. Okay. Okay. Well, one question I was going to ask you uh, before we close out here, uh, uh, just having to think of it. Um, when you're out, like, because <laughs> when you're out on these like photo walks and you're recording a podcast and also trying to get some photography done, do you find it distracting, like, uh, or does it actually help your process when you're out shooting and you're you're talking about what you're shooting? Does, does it like, do you ever like get can, like distracted by? Oh, I'm I'm making a podcast and I'm also shooting at the same time, and because of that, I forgot to uh, change the uh, shutter speed to the proper speed or whatever. Like, does that ever happen? Like, uh, occasionally it does. I think more often than not, it keeps me focused. Mm. Um, because mm-hmm. if I'm looking at say a waterfall. And I'm talking about what I'm doing. I'm actually, it's more me vocalizing my thought process. Okay, yeah, you're almost, you're almost, almost thinking out loud in a way. Yeah. yeah. And if by saying it, if I do miss something, then I kind of know that I've missed it because I've not said it, you know? Right. Like if I've forgotten to meet her, I'll think, did I meet her? No, I didn't talk about that. I better go meet her. Okay. I'll be able to, you know, go back and check that I've done it. So usually it does keep me more focused. And that's another thing about doing the show. It keeps me going out and it keeps me shooting because I think it would be very easy for me to not do it as regularly as I do. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. definitely it's definitely helped my photography more than more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Um, all right. So I guess we can go ahead and wrap up here. Henry, it's been a real real pleasure having you on, man. You know, we've talked a lot through, uh, you know, uh, people have probably heard us mention it. On Facebook Messenger, there is this uh, huge thread of uh, – of a lot of the host of film podcasts and it is um it's both a blessing and a curse at times but it is overall a blessing because we've oh, really wonderful. gotten to know yeah we've really got to know a lot of people and that they're we're all doing these film podcasts and we you know we you know uh uh you know uh, i don't know we just uh throw ideas out to each other and and give advice and uh, it's just it's just been fantastic sometimes uh it can get uh, hot and heavy with some conversations that have nothing to do with film podcasting, film podcasting or photography, but but it's still a real blast. And I've gotten to know a lot of people that are doing these film podcasts through that. And Henry's one of them. And uh, it's just nice to finally actually talk to you other than a, a Facebook Messenger thread. So uh, so it's been a, well, that, a real when, pleasure having you on, man. Yeah. When you when you invited me into that, I knew that 
um, I knew that I'd done it and I knew that I was in. So thank you for that. <laughs> you, you made it to the inner circle, right? <laughs> like the Freemasons. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes we just need a new voice in there. So uh, because it's, uh, I don't know, I think people were tired of, of, of me getting on there and griping about things. So yeah. I, I need to bring a positive voice on there, I think. So, but, <laughs> well, thank you for having me on. It's been wonderful to uh, finally chat to you properly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, folks, check out uh, Henry's podcast, Tells from the Magic Box, and uh, and check out his uh, his uh, Instagram account and uh, Twitter as well, right? That was Twitter? Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, again, Henry, thank you so much, man. I'm going to give you a chance to say the uh, the magic uh, catchphrase here. So um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> folks, uh, uh, yeah, again, uh, check check Henry out, man. He's uh, doing a fine job. And uh, if you do, if you hate my podcast, maybe you'll like his. So that's uh, that's uh, that's always something good. So, uh, Henry, uh, hey, uh, how about uh, uh, <laughs> how do I how do I do this? It's it's hard to do it when it's not like at the end of the show because I usually <laughs> I'm out of order here. So to say the whole I, thing or just a bit. Of it? I, I got I, 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 I'll give you the segue here. So, <laughs> all right, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks to Henry. Everybody, stay positive. And shoot some cool film photos. <laughs> there it is. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Thanks, Henry. Cheers. All right, folks, we're back for the final segment and a huge thanks to Henry from the Tells from the Magic Box podcast for joining me for a really fun interview. Just really enjoyed talking to Henry. Just a, just a stellar guy. And uh, if you have not checked out Tells from the Magic Box podcast, absolutely do so. Uh, just uh, doing a wonderful job over there. And just thank you, Henry, for uh, having a, a fun little talk with me, man. I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, just uh, really enjoyed getting to know you uh, over the last uh, year or so. So, uh, us okay, so I, I think uh, I was going to actually enter, uh, put in a listener call in uh, from Malcolm Myers. He has a, another one of his uh, really kind of uh, something I've gotten some really good positive feedback about. Uh, he has a one of his historical uh, photographer call ins, and I was going to put it in here, but it's a little long, and this this episode's already gone a little long. So Malcolm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll put it in on the next. Uh, one of these listener interaction shows. Uh, I, I, I got you, brother. It, I, I'll get it on the next show, but this show's already went a little longer, so uh, we'll put it in on the next one so you can look forward to Malcolm Myers uh, doing a, giving us a little history lesson on the next uh, one of these uh, kind of listener interaction shows. So, uh, but, so let's go ahead and kind of wrap this one up since it's went a little long. Uh, let's get to uh, coffee donations. And uh, the first one comes from uh, Billy Sanford, which is uh, you know we've, we've uh, the aforementioned I guess Billy Sanford on this on this podcast uh, sent us a good call in, and also it has a, a episode of the Sunny Sixteen Presents feed. So uh, Billy sends a, a, a coffee donation. He says, "Cheers, thanks as always for the podcast and the Facebook group, which is one of my favorite places on the internet. I can imagine how much time it takes, and hope uh, the new schedule allows everyone." time to enjoy life and all of their pursuits well thank you billy yeah i think uh this new uh, uh bi-weekly thing is uh, has definitely uh 
allowed some more time for all of us that are putting the show together and uh, uh, I know that it, you know it might some people may not uh, <laughs> may not have wanted us to go bi-weekly some people might have enjoyed the weekly podcast but it was becoming a, it was becoming hard to keep up with so uh, thank you for uh, for that sentiment I guess and uh, hopefully uh, everyone else uh, can uh, <laughs> can agree <laughs> or if they don't agree can at least uh, give us some slack on that so uh, thank you, Billy, so much for the, your donation and uh, just participating in our community. Uh, the next one comes from, uh, man, Gary, I hope I, I pronounced this right. Gary uh, Florczak. Florczak. Uh, it's F-L-O-R-C-Z-A-K. Gary Florczak. Uh, he says, Keep up the negative positivity. I'm glad I discovered the show with the help of the Sunny 16 podcast and Classic Lenses podcast. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you found us. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that you might have found us from the Sunny 16 podcast, but if you listen to us after my appearance on the Classic Lenses podcast, well, you're a special human being. <laughs> so thank you, Gary. All right, and the next one comes from Randy Reed, and he says, uh, Great show, Mike. Thanks for getting me through these difficult uh, shifts in the auto industry. Now that I'm retired, I feel oh, I feel I owe you. <laughs> LOL. Put this towards your Leica M5 fund. Thanks again, Randy. <laughs> Very nice. Well, none of these coffee donations go to any camera funds for me. They go to like uh, sending out uh, prizes or for whatever uh, to the fine people that participate in any contest we have to do. But thank you, Randy. And man, if you worked in the auto industry. Uh, you know that's uh, you're uh, you're you're a okay in my book. I, I I feel you on that, man. I I have 20 over 22 years in at Ford. I have less than eight years left before my prison sentence is over with uh, of working in the auto industry. So uh, you are a little ahead of the game with me on that. I cannot wait to retire from that place and not have to build another automobile. So, <laughs> but thank you so much, Randy. Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, we just. Uh, uh, thanks so much for the support. Okay, uh, we're going to wrap the show up. As always on these episodes, we have uh, listener music, and I've, I've gotten a, a new crop of some listener music uh, recently, and uh, I'm really happy about that. We actually have a Facebook page called the Negative Positives uh, Music Group page. It's like negative slash positives uh, <laughs> uh, music uh, page, and like people that listen to this podcast are also having to be into music or be musicians. Uh, you know, there's a, we have a little some cool little talks over there, and I kind of put a post up there to get some uh, some more listener music. And, and man, uh, the, those guys kind of came through with flying colors, and I got a, a, quite a few new listener music tracks to play. Uh, but this one I'm, I'm pretty excited about. This one's going to come from Mr. Kevin Lane. You, you know him. You love him. Kevin Lane from the Uncle Jonesy's Cameras podcast and uh, one of the Shutter Brothers. Well, Kevin Lane has a uh, an album out, a uh, solo album under his name, Kevin Lane. And so uh, he sent me the CD of it and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and has uh, So I'm going to play a track from that. Uh, so you're going to hear from Kevin Lane with a track called Don't Mess With Me. <laughs> Kevin Lane just getting getting surly, saying don't mess with me uh, on this, uh, on this uh, listener music track. And I will play that as soon as I get these socials out. 
and uh, before the ending music of this uh, this podcast. So let's get the socials out. You can see my photography on Instagram at Gutterman Photo, on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography. I don't know why I say that. I haven't updated that in forever. But uh, you can email this program at negpositives at gmail.com. That's where you can send uh, any uh, call-ins uh, or uh, listener music tracks or just uh, questions or comments or criticisms or anything. Making fun of Andre would be great. Uh, all that stuff. Uh, the Facebook group is the Negative Positives Film Photo Podcast Facebook group. Uh, we also have an Instagram account under the account named Negative Positives, mostly ran by Mrs. Uh, Roxana Angles and Mr. Casey Hall. If you submit photos to Instagram, think about using the hashtag Negative Positives so that they can see it and highlight it for uh, highlight it for all of us to check out. Uh, you can also support this program on Coffee. It is uh, www.ko-fi.com/negativepositives. And uh, we have a merch site, negativepositivespodcast.bigcartel.com, where you can get overpriced t-shirts, baseball hats, uh, a coffee mug, and even uh, the just hot-selling APS uh, t-shirt, which uh, I have not sold a single one of. So, (laughs) Okay, let's uh, get this out of here. Uh, Folks, uh, again, I don't know when our next show will be. A lot of this depends on... uh, the situation I'm dealing with with uh, the health of my father, uh, but um, we will talk to you as soon as I, as soon as humanly possible, uh, depending on what my circumstances are. So, uh, thanks everybody for hanging out with us and uh, and understanding during a, a really uh, difficult time uh, in my family. So I appreciate that. And so uh, again, uh, you're going to hear uh, Kevin Lane. Uh, from the, the sh- one of the Shutter Brothers from the Uncle Jonesy's Cameras podcast. If you haven't listened to that, definitely check them out. There's a fantastic podcast. Uh, he's going to have a track called Don't Mess With Me uh, right after this. So, uh, folks, everybody have a great week. And uh, we'll talk to you when I'm humanly uh, able to do another episode uh, as soon as possible. Is that I can I could do it? I will be here and uh, putting out another episode. So uh, everyone have a uh, take care and everyone stay positive and shoot some cool film photos.
Yeah.